This is Law for Community Workers on the Go, a podcast for community and health workers. My name is Jessica Sullivan and I work in the Community Legal Education Branch at Legal Aid New South Wales. Today we'll be speaking about elder abuse, which is a sensitive and sometimes confronting topic. We want this to be a safe space for listeners, so if you need support at any time, there are services that can help, and you can find their contact details in the notes below. Also, if you suspect elder abuse may be occurring to someone in your life, then please speak up. If you're on the Central Coast, you can call the Legal Aid New South Wales Elder Abuse Service directly on 02-4324-5611. And for anywhere else across Australia, please call the National Elder Abuse Helpline, which is 1-800-353-374, and they will transfer you to the closest elder abuse service. These episodes were recorded and made on both Darkenjung and Gadigal land. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of these lands and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. We acknowledge that this is Aboriginal land, always was, always will be. Now, if you're a regular listener to our podcast, then you will have become familiar with our style. We generally tell you about a legal problem, what it is, who it can affect, and things you can do to help clients who might be experiencing it. But elder abuse is not a simple legal problem. It's complex, it comes in many forms, it doesn't discriminate across gender or cultural lines, and the abuser is often a family member, a trusted friend or a carer. This series, which we have called Hard Conversations, explores a problem that is challenging, and we know there's not going to be one right answer for every person, community or culture. So throughout this series, you're going to hear from lots of different people about their understanding of elder abuse, the ways they think about it in their communities, and how we can start to address it together. In this episode, I will be talking with Maria Berry. Maria is a consumer representative advocate at OPAN, or the Older Persons Advocacy Network. Maria talks about her personal family experience with elder abuse, her understanding of it, and also about her role at OPAN. She gives us a valuable perspective on elder abuse in rural and farming communities. Thank you for joining me today, Maria. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and your experience working with older people? Yes, thanks, Jessica, and thanks for the opportunity to be here today. Well, I've grown up in northeast Victoria, country farming girl, and my career um, has been with working with older people, both professionally and volunteering over 30 plus years. I guess the big shock that came to me was uh, when my ageing parents were experiencing some difficulties in the end stages of their life. Um, I'd heard about elder abuse and I'd possibly seen it, not to the extent or the gravity that we hear about but when it actually happened with my own parents it blew me away and having a nursing background and that experience it didn't protect me and it didn't protect them and when I went out looking for some help and support it was really difficult because it highlighted that we had a system that just wasn't um, addressing or dealing with this are you able to expand a bit on what kind of elder abuse you witnessed um, occurring to your parents? My experience was in the immediate family, which was very traumatic because it was very shameful. It was very not accepted by my parents, the denial, the silence, 
the proud generation. It was not something that they could discuss. And it was the ultimate betrayal that um, it could happen in their own in their own family. My parents were very, they were wonderful people, very hardworking, caring, kind. I was one of three, the eldest of three. We were all brought up the same and we had a wonderful um, life growing up on a farm and all those amazing experiences. And when it actually changed, it was a terrible shock. It was something that they couldn't deal with, that they kept pushing aside, thinking that it, it will get better, not realising the reality of what was happening. And I guess for a farming family too, there was always this dream that um, everything's fine. You work, you work the generations on the farm and you pass it on to the next generation. But when things actually went wrong and seriously wrong and their health was deteriorating and they needed um, more support and care that it just wasn't working it was it was really quite serious we we endured quite a lot as a family uh, there was family violence involved in this there was drugs there was all sorts of things that were actually happening I remember at the time when I was calling out for some help and support, I just did not know where to go. And I think when I was trying to explain the situation and tell the story, it was so complex and complicated that people just could not understand what I was trying to put across to them. Each time I spoke to somebody, the people were kind, people were caring but they just couldn't get it or couldn't understand what, what I was trying to tell them. But it got to a point, it was, it was really serious. Um, my mother passed away 10 years ago and then my father behind my mother's apron had dementia. Then the elder abuse turned into something really, really serious. Um, no money in a bank account, a bank account shut down, neglect, isolation, violence. Um, he became very, very unwell. This is my father. He was in a farming partnership with the perpetrator, a family member. And it became that serious that when he did have to go into care, we did not know whether we could actually keep him in a bed whether he had a bed. Thank you for sharing that story with us. I mean, that's difficult to always to talk about these types of things, especially when they're so personal. It's, it's a hard topic to talk about and to relay, no matter how many times I feel, you know, you've probably told lots of people and along the way. So it's, it's always difficult. It doesn't get easier to have to relive those traumatic moments that we all have in our lives. How do you see elder abuse? If you were to define it to somebody who didn't know what it was, um, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people are very confused by it because it's not a law in New South Wales um, and it's only just becoming possibly a law in the ACT. But how do you describe it to someone? Elder abuse is, is when an older person, their rights have been taken from them, they've been abused, they've been neglected, been isolated, a basic human rights. The hardest thing with elder abuse is that um, quite often the perpetrator is somebody 
that is close to the person. So it could be a family member, it could be a good friend, it could be a carer, could be a partner. And it's the ultimate betrayal. And we don't always look at it and see it that it is wrong, that what is actually happening is wrong. We're probably not accepting of the fact that it is something more serious. I mean, it's true. It's very hidden. It's very, um, it's a lot of shame attached to it. And there's also a lot of, you know, older people, as you said, from that generation, they don't want to get their children in trouble. They don't want to cause more pain to anyone. They're very proud people and often don't know that what they may be going through is a form of abuse. And, you know, it's difficult to go up to someone and say, I want to talk to you about elder abuse, you know, so it's much more about changing the the conversation into a way that an older person can uh, relate to. So, you know, you have your, the right to be respected. You have the right to, you know, go and seek medical care and all of those types of things. But from your experience, I guess, how were you or how do you in your work, do you have those conversations with older people? How do you start to address those issues? Sometimes it's a language that we use. Um, elder abuse is terrifying to, to older people. Um, it rings alarm bells and it immediately put, puts up sometimes a wall. I think you have to build a relationship of trust and respect um, to be able to have those conversations with older people and you have to have them in a way that they can hear you, they can understand. If you turned up at a farmer's fence or a gate and you had a suit and tie on and you came to talk to him about what was actually occurring, you've immediately shut the door with the conversation. For myself, a lot of the conversations I've had has been through trust and respect and it's been through perseverance too. I've had a lot of support from local media, our local radio, ABC, and it appears that the more the conversation comes up or the more I go and present to a group, whether it be CWA, I think was one of the most amazing presentations I've ever done, when I opened up the conversation and not in a way to scare people but just started to talk about what had happened. I couldn't believe the eyes in the in the audience that were just popping. It was like, oh, well, that's happened to me. You know, that that's happened to me. It was like a realization and it was like, oh no, it's not quite right, is it, Maria? And I said, no, it's not right. And it's about going in there and talking honestly. The lived experiences are the best to share. If you can share a lived experience and be honest and not scare people, you'll you'll draw out the conversations all the time. I've been contacted by people all over Australia, globally as well, just wanting someone to to listen to them. But they also feel that, well, you get it, Maria, because you've been through something, even though it might be a little bit different story, you understand how we feel and when we're talking to strangers or ringing somebody that we don't know, they don't get or know who we are, but you do. That lived experience 
I guess, opens up those conversations. Are you able to just um, say anything about your opinion on ageism in society? Ageism, unfortunately, is rife. It has been for a long, long, long period. We don't respect older people. We, we see them as honourable, a burden on society, costing us a lot of money, a bit of a nuisance at the end of life. We're not looking at their value, their skills. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for our older community and what they've input into our country, into our lives, our heritages. I was very fortunate. I grew up around a lot of older people because that's where I was surrounded with, with my mum and her work. Older people are very much part of our communities and we want to have strong, resilient, healthy communities into the future. It has to include everybody and it has to include our older people. And we all have a responsibility to support, look out for and look after them. I think something for me, you know, when working with the Elder Abuse Service and exactly as you were saying, you, those CWA women who thought, oh, oh, that's happened to me. I was listening to just a case that, you know, the two lawyers were talking about and then I went, you know what, I think my grandmother was one of these people. And it was only in that moment, you know, I've been working for them for a couple of months already. And then I just thought, actually, that was 100% elder abuse, that poor woman. And, you know, I was only 11 at the time. So I was hearing it through my mum who wouldn't have known about this either. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about it as much as we can and to challenge people's opinions. And as much as to say, you know, we may say, oh, look at the little cute old lady that lives across the road or something. She's so sweet. How patronising that language is and how ageist essentially those opinions are. I mean, she may have a whole lot of, or does have a whole lot more skills than you would have and experiences. And it's just challenging those perspectives on, on everyone that we meet, I guess we have to start respecting and treating older people a lot better than what we have yeah. um, definitely and regardless of age you come into this world as a baby and you leave as an older person um, you're still the same person you know and I think that was a shock horror for me with my mum the first one how badly she was treated in hospital um, they didn't see her as the person they just saw her as the nuisance in the bed that was, you know, ringing the bell or, you know, they didn't see her or what she had contributed to her community or, or herself as an individual person. She was just an old lady that was a nuisance. For community workers, I guess, if they're going in trying to have these conversations with older clients, um, a lot of older people, their first instinct when anything to do with the law or, you know, we can, we can, you can, there's things you can do. They always think, oh, it's going to be about police and it's going to be about arresting people. And that's not always the way. Do you have um, anything, I guess, that you would say to people who think that it's just got to be about police and arresting people? A lot of the focus now is going to um, mediation and discussions. It's going towards one, preparation, making sure that you've got things in place, plans in place. You're having conversations a lot earlier. You're not leaving it until that critical situation where you, where something catastrophic has happened and you're lying in a bed in hospital uh, with not a lot of 
choices or feeling that you're very vulnerable. I think the direction now is on talking, talking about things, making things clear, ensuring that um, all older people in our community are visible, they're seen. No one disappears where they might become a victim, uh, even if unintentional. But it's very much about mediation, about talking, about all those kinds of things, rather than just saying, right, you know, go to the police or, you know, we go through a legal system or that sort of thing. But I think we've got to empower older people and give them the information, uh, informed choices, the education and enable them to have a voice to say and voice up and say, this is not okay. Yeah, I think it's conversation planning, mediation, uh, early intervention, very much early intervention. When things start to go wrong, that we get the brakes on somewhere before it escalates to the point of being crisis, like it did with my family. And that comes from those community workers and health workers really being those problem spotters, I guess, and saying, you know, whether or not they're working with the older person, being able to observe the living arrangements, just being aware of those signs that can point to elder abuse maybe occurring in that household or to that person. And then having those conversations, just starting that conversation, telling those older people that they do have rights and that, you know, these are very reasonable requests that they would like. And so I think that's where it has to come from. Oh, absolutely, Jessica. It's really important. It's really important. I, I think my message to care workers that are going in there is to, look, go in respectfully, go in um, gently, but you need to voice up you need to if you can build those relationships and you will as care workers because you're the people that are going in there that are building those relationships and that that trust you're providing that service and that support for older people and you you are probably the first line of people that have that trust that relationship and will probably hear things that other people will never hear never hear and it could be that um, family members never hear the conversations that you might share or have with that person. So if you think things are wrong, it's really important that you are not afraid to reach out and ask, bring it up, discuss it. If you feel that you're getting dismissed, pursue it. Perhaps there's another avenue, there's somewhere else that you can go. You know, make sure you pursue it. Don't dismiss it because you're the person that's going to make that change or bring something to light that could protect that older person long term. Your intervention at that point could make a huge difference to what, what could come. So it's very important that... Um, you're not just a care worker. You, you are a very important person in the care delivery. You are in a position where you can have that voice for them. And it's so important that you voice up. I think that's a really good call to action for everyone listening. 
So now you work for the Older Persons Advocacy Network. What kind of work do you do with them? It's a huge honour. I, I volunteered for, for over 10 years with advocacy as a consumer health representative. After I left my nursing career, I thought, no, I need to be able to be doing more to, to uh, support older people and improve care for older people. That was my passion. So from there, I'm now a consumer representative advocate with a voice in there with a national organisation for every community member out there, everyone at a grassroots level, I'm in there hopefully being a voice and working with these organisations to open up that opportunity for others too. The only way we're going to create change is if we all work together. We do it best when we all work together. My idea is that this will help other people. I'm here to help other people, my voice, and also to remind people, you've got a voice too. Don't give up. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to have this opportunity and hope that will open up the doors for many other organisations and many other people to enter with their voices so that we can create some positive change. There are a lot of voices and opinions to be heard throughout these episodes. We would like to thank everyone who participated and shared their opinions and expertise with us. If you'd like to join the conversation, please send us an email at elderservice at legalaid.newsouthwales.gov.au. And as always, if you or someone you know is experiencing or at risk of elder abuse, then please speak up. If you're on the Central Coast, contact the Elder Abuse Service on 43245611. And for all other areas across Australia, you can call the National Elder Abuse Helpline on 1800 353 374 and you'll be directed to your closest service. So until next time, thanks from all of us at the Community Legal Education Branch and Elder Abuse Service from Legal Aid New South Wales.